0: dein Kapitan, das U-Boot flötet. Dies ist deine letzte Warnung. Bald wird es Crowley Time! Crowley Time! Hello, and welcome to Crowley Time with me, Tom Crowley. With me, Tom Crowley. They say that the third time is the charm, but they don't say, what sort of charm? Is it a good luck charm, like a mutant sprig of plant life with too many leaves, or mutilated part of a rabbit? Or is it some sort of cursed fetish, a mystic totem which guarantees that for the rest of the wearer's life, they will always be two pence short of the change they need for any particular purchase? You make a show of digging through your wallet and your pockets, while you reflect that you probably shouldn't have pushed that elderly Russian woman into the road, or accepted the wooden carving of a skull she gave you afterwards. But whether this episode is a blessing or a curse, it cannot be denied that it is the third time. But while we consider the very nature of This is a special announcement. Listen to the very end of this episode for information on how to see Tom Crowley live. Failure to do so will result in terminal disappointment. Thank you. I'll be wiping it down on a Thursday ever again. So, cross your fingers, turn around three times, and bite your knees for luck as we set sail across a sea of nightmares. Submitted for your approval. Mr. Ted Bunderson, 41 years old, disappears without a trace, only to return seemingly unchanged a mere 48 hours later. Is he living a second life? Has he been attacked? Or could this be the work of some alien force? I'll give you a hint. It's aliens. In the twilight. Cut. What did you make of that one, Buzz? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, the delivery was great, Rod, only, um, you sort of gave away the ending there. Well, you don't want to risk confusing people, you know? Then they might lose interest in the picture. I gotta say, I still think we can leave a little more room for ambiguity there. I suppose you're the one looking down the barrel here, Buzz, so I'll take your word for it. Great, thanks. How about we come back to that one and move on to the next for now? That sounds A-OK by me. Okay, a reset, everybody. Let's go for a take. Rolling? Yep. Sound speed? Yep. And action! It's the shadow behind the door. It's the creaking noise in the night. It's the certainty against all logic and reason that there really is something under the bed. It's vampires. Vampires everywhere in the twilight. Is there a problem, Buzz? No, not a problem per se, Rod. It's just... I, I thought the vampires thing was supposed to be the, the twist. Oh, indeed. Very much so. But then... Oh Okay, let's move on. Move on. Move on. Next intro. Okay, let's reset, everyone. Rolling? Yep. Sound speed? Yep. Action. Martha Cresswell is 42 years old. She works as a bookkeeper at a respectable law firm in the city. She's unmarried and has a very limited social life, probably because she's a werewolf. Cut, Rod. Look, I really think we should rethink this. Oh, really, Buzz? Yeah, maybe we ought to try the other guy for the intro, right? I mean, it's your show. We love the writing, uh, but perhaps it'd be nice to have a, a fresh face up there on the screen at the top, you know, for uh, for variety. Certainly, Buzz. If you think that's best. Great. Thanks. Okay, new guy. You're up. Rolling. Yep. Sound speed. Yep. Action. Mm-hmm. Good evening. Meet Tabitha Chalmers, a witty, sophisticated young woman without a care in the world. At the end of Citizen Kane, Rosebud is the sled. Cut! What was wrong with that? Sure beats me, Al. These are the diaries of Link Tangent, space cartographer, faithfully maintained and preserved in case I fall into a space hole and people want to know what I've been up to. Link's Log, Space Year 3. Happy new space year to me. The Galactic Central Command NSYE party was a frenetic affair. The highlight was when a couple of Dargellians from accounting suggested that we all do the Macarena. What we didn't realize was that on Dargell Prime, a Macarena is an act of ritual self-flagellation performed underneath the spurting gore of slaughtered space cattle, rather than a whimsical yet unchallenging dance devised by older Spanish men. Despite the fact that the function hall smelt of a slaughterhouse for the duration of the party, the exercise proved to energize the crowd, and there was a particularly amusing moment when Executive Director John Tar slipped on a clot and fell into the hors d'oeuvres. We all shared a good laugh, and the Executive Director, in an act of clemency, delayed the Dargellian's execution until the following morning. Finally, the critical moment came, as the GCC mothership neared the gravitational equinox of Universal Orbit. Ten. Nine. "'Orange. Seven. Blobfish. Asparagus. Four. Three. Anus. One. Happy New Space Year!' I had hoped that my distance from the main crowd would avoid any uncomfortable equinox kissing, but to my surprise, a chameleonoid from Human Resources was camouflaged against a nearby pillar. Cue an unexpected three minutes with his impossibly long, extendable tongue shoved down the back of my throat.' and down my esophagus, through my stomach, and ending somewhere around my large intestine. When he finally retracted his tongue, he told me there was now a 50-50 chance that I was carrying up to a dozen of his eggs, and that I should probably get tested. He then slithered away and ate an insection across the room, which brought the party to an abrupt halt, as it was the DJ. Now, several days later, I don't appear to be showing any signs of pregnancy, although of course it's best to be sure. I really should get checked out in the medical bay... But there's just so much of this universe still unmapped. This is Link Tangent, space cartographer, signing off. Uh, My large intestine feels itchy. The city of London is beset by many plagues. Much has been written about the suffering of the homeless, of the terminally poverty-stricken, and of those addicted to dangerous illegal substances. But their struggle pales in comparison with the city's most unfortunate inhabitants, comedy writers. Writing is a pain. I wake up and I think about the prospect of writing a a script or or some one-liners and... It's enough to... It's enough to make you consider doing something stupid. Jonathan Whiteman is a BAFTA-winning comedy writer, best known for his BBC3 sitcom Lad Squad and his Radio 4 sitcom Lady Ambrosia's Curious Apiary. Writing is... And I don't know if you've ever written before. No, no, I haven't. It's the worst thing you can imagine. I mean sitting down in front of a blank page and filling it with jokes, or worse, character development. It's, well, you see those news stories about how they treat dissidents in North Korea, being starved, having metal needles shoved under your fingernails, and I hear those, all I can think is, I envy you. But it's not just sitcom writers. Nicholas Caucasian Smythe is a BAFTA-winning comedy writer working primarily for stand-up comedian Stephen Weaving. Steve and I met at uni doing uh, sketches and stuff together, but uh, it wasn't long before he began making his name on the stand-up circuit. Uh, He didn't want to leave me behind, so I'd come on board from time to time, punching up his Edinburgh shows and and throwing him the odd one-liner or two. I don't think Stephen realised back then he was effectively ending my life. Nicholas contributes to Weaving's material on panel shows like Which Penis Is Mine? and Bend the News Over a Barrel Tonight, as well as working as head writer on Weaving's own television vehicle, Stephen Weaven's Heathen Grieving. Despite it all, uh, the depression, the drinking, stabbing myself in the thigh with a pencil just to feel alive, things are certainly better than they used to be. I mean, um, before the 1970s, people didn't even realise comedians had writers at all. Uh, I mean, back then, the true greats uh, like Fillmore Pages, Jeremy Hartsick, Eddie Paintbrush, these were writers who went through exactly the same day-to-day tormentors as as we do now, and they received no credit at all. And they might only own one second property, somewhere shit like the Seychelles. It's a miserable trade, but someone has to do it. Adam Milkbottle-Totterington is a BAFTA-winning comedy writer. His most recent series, Shagging on Drugs, was commissioned by Sky for too much money. It's hard enough when you're trying to motivate yourself to just, you know, get out of bed, get to the bloody computer and write even just one page today. Just one page, or or even, you know, just one pun, for Christ's sake. But there are some shows, some production companies, where they'll give you a deadline, and not like an ideal deadline like a final final deadline when you have to give them something and you do what you have to do you pull your hair out make another pot of coffee smoke heroin and you just do it that's what sets us apart from other lesser humans we just bloody well do it and you scream and you wail and there's just nothing coming and you work late sometimes as late as 9pm well after dinner time have you ever had constipation no it can be a bit like that you just sit there and you push and push and push and your insides are all knotted up and your head hurts and you think this is never going to end I-, I wish i was dead i wish i was dead but eventually you stand up and you you look down into the bowl and it's there and it's disgusting and it stinks and you feel sick but you think it's over thank god it's over It's how firemen feel when they clear the burning building and and then they can finally breathe clean air again, I imagine. To get an insight into the realities of the process, I sat in with Adam as he attempted to begin writing a new scene of his series. In this scene, the plan is for the lead character to go shopping in a jeweller's. Okay. So, uh, first we title the scene... Interior... Jewel has... <laughs> it's alright. It's alright. <laughs> With a third season of Shagging on Drugs already commissioned, and Hollywood screenwriting deals in the works for our other interview subjects, the sad reality is that these men will not be able to escape this torture any time soon. My wife's brother is a policeman, and he sometimes says things like, well, writing jokes, that must be fun. And I say, you don't understand. If you're not a comedy writer, how can you? What I do is the hardest, most agonizing, most grueling work a person can do without actually having a job. If you've been affected by any of the issues in today's programme, BBC Writers' Room is accepting submissions now. Morning, John. All right, Paul. How was your night? Clinking glasses, cacophonising, reaping grain from the WC fields, brinking collywobbles on the knee. Yeah, great stuff. Anyway, you'll never guess what happened. I expect I wouldn't, Paul. I dreamed a song, fully formed. The perfect tune, and it just appeared. I'd never heard it anywhere. I've no idea where it came from. Saints preserve us! Would you like to hear it? I think I can still remember it. Absolutely. Pull up a pew. Great. Oh well, how did how did you start? Uh, oh, um. oh, heavy bags, heavy bags, big heavy bags. Open up the spiders, spiders on my eyes. Ah. Where'd you come from? Where'd you come from? No, mother, mother, where's the sheep thermometer? Sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. No, no, get off. I wish I hadn't said that thing. Don't put me on the saddle, the saddle. I want a, I want a, I want a, I want a ice cream. My boots are made of horses. So what do you think? I think we've just had our next hit record. All right, mate. Uh, hi, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, yeah, things are good. Uh, uh, you're all... Uh, how, how's things going with that, uh, that promotion? Well, thanks for asking, mate. Uh, the interview went really well. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back about the uh, decision, the final decision. But uh, so far, it sounds good. I've heard a lot of promising rumbles. Rumbles, yeah, great. Uh, that's fantastic. Now, uh, listen, there just was one, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you. Absolutely, mate. Anything, anything, uh, whatever you want. Well, uh, I did have a... Just something to bring up about. Uh, you remember my uh, my wife's uh, birthday last month? Oh yeah, it was a real good night. Yeah, uh, what about it? Well, uh, there was uh, it was a wonderful. Thank you so much for coming. By the way, no, no problem. We had a great time. Uh, uh, me and Jenny both had a great time there. Good, good. That's great. Uh, there was just a, a, a one thing. Uh, I remember uh, uh, when you first got there, uh, you said to my wife. Um, that she looked uh, really good for her age. Oh, yeah, mate. Well, it, you know, it was just a sort of light-hearted comment, but uh, genuinely, she looked fabulous that evening. I think she's a beautiful woman. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope that that was received in the spirit I intended it. Well, so here's my problem. Uh, it was not received uh, in that spirit whatsoever. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, my as you know, uh, my wife is quite sensitive about um, her age. I oh, know it's silly. Uh, she's a gorgeous woman. As you said, she's wonderful. She's a wonderful lady. Uh, and as you pointed out, she looks fabulous, but... She does get a little bit tender about that sort of thing being brought up. It was her birthday, mate. They had the words, you know, happy 41st birthday all over the wall. Yeah, I know that, I know that. But there's a sort of a fair play thing going on here, you know. They're sort of bringing up a lady's age. I know we live in this new age of enlightenment, but still it's a little bit of a sore area. Oh, well, I didn't mean anything serious by it, you know. I just wanted to say she looked really good. I thought she was looking fabulous that evening. She looked fabulous in the, in the dress she was wearing. Uh, you're a very lucky man, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel lucky. I feel very, very lucky. But uh, here's the thing. Um, she she was quite put out by the comments. I hate to say it, but she was. She was quite upset by it. Uh, she wanted... You know how the area is. You know, you say that sort of thing, and, and then it's suddenly like, oh, do I not look good generally or just good for my age, and do I not look good normally? Uh, that sort of thing. That can really uh, throw someone off their game, you no, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I just didn't mean anything serious by it, you know? I just wanted to say she looked nice. I mean, I can clear this up if you want. Well, it's it, there's nothing to clear up, really, mate. Like, it's not even particularly about that. It's more the fact that you saying that meant that I've now had to spend, you know, the last month basically telling her she looks great uh, all the time and uh, to the point where it almost seems insincere, you know what I mean? So uh, that's really put me out, frankly, mate. Well, look, mate, we're mates, right? Yeah, 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 we're mates. Yeah, good, mate. Uh, but I think, and forgive me for saying this, but I think that you and that uh, your wife both should be able to forgive me, like a small indiscretion in how I'm speaking to you. I mean, ultimately, we'd all had a couple of drinks, you know, and uh, it was a fun evening, and I think that sort of comment shouldn't have to cast such a pall for so long, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you, mate, I get you, but uh, the fact is your words have consequences and sometimes I'm worried that you don't fully appreciate that, especially when you're dealing with me and the people I care about. I know we're good mates, but you know, you've got to have that consideration even if we're very comfortable in each other's presence. Well, you're talking to me like some sort of child, like I wouldn't know how to manage that sort of situation and I would, the fact is, what really burns me up is that you let this fester for a month without telling me about it and, and now I'm standing here feeling like I've been on trial for a month without even knowing it was happening, dude. That's not the thing a mate does. Another thing a mate doesn't do is is insult someone's wife into their face and their wife's own face. At her 41st birthday party There was no insulting happening mate I said she looked nice I don't see why this Is such a huge thing Quite frankly mate It's just the latest In a series of indiscretions That have really put me out Personally And I haven't brought it up before Because they were minor But this time You've really overset The boundary mate I was your son's godfather For fuck's sake You don't think that I can be Let into this conversation At some point You don't think that I should be Allowed to participate In some sort of disagreement Rather than just leaving me As the villain In your little narrative Outside of the conversation You're currently having So you always end up Acting like this mate This is the problem You're always the victim you're always the victim, no matter what the situation, no matter who's yeah, been hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Every single time, mate, every single time, I have to do the clearing up. I have to do the clearing up because you can't stop running your mouth. This is really hurting me now, dude. This is really offensive. Yeah, well, you can be quite offensive at times. Oh, so that's the solution, is that We can't just talk this out like, like mature adults, like proper mates. We have to just have this slanging match every time somebody puts a foot out of line. Yeah, the problem is, mate, it's always you putting your foot out of line. I haven't said a single thing... Bad about you in your life. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Is that right? Is it? Yeah, it is right. Actually, mate, it is right. Uh, I have sat through interminable performances by your uh, performance artist girlfriend. I've despised every single one, and I've never said a word about it because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. That is completely unreasonable, mate. She's a work in progress, like the rest of us, okay? Like, when I went to your jazz recital, I didn't have a go at you, even though I thought your playing was absolutely atonal. Oh, is this how it is now, mate? Is this it? Is this the conversation that ends our friendship? Is this how it's going to go? Is this going to be I didn't want it to be, mate. I just wanted to say hi, but apparently that's where this is going. This is how it always happens, mate. You always bring things to this completely climactic, like, head Every time, like, everything is the worst thing in the world? I didn't do any such thing, mate. I was just standing here, enjoying this ice cream, and then you came up and gave me all this grief about your wife's 41st birthday. You just can't accept when you're out of line, mate. I can't accept when I'm out of line. Yeah, you can't. What, are you saying that I'm bad? You're saying I'm as bad as you? Yeah, mate, maybe I am. Maybe this whole friendship has just been a fucking drain on me from day one. Day one in college, mate. Every single day you've been holding me back. You're the most ungrateful motherfucker I've ever met in my life. Oh, yeah? Yeah, am I? Am I? Well, how's this for ungrateful? What the hell are you doing, mate? Oh, this? This? This is a flesh-eating bacteria I stole from work. Well, you stole that from the lab, did you, mate? Yeah, I pinched it in case of an eventuality exactly like this. If I uncork this, then every single person on the west coast of Australia will be dead in 17 minutes. Look, mate, I don't think things need to go that far. I'm just saying you were out of line. But I'm trying to tell you that I have feelings every bit as much as your wife does, and you're not appreciating that. I appreciate that, mate. I just think you are out of line, and you need to accept that. Oh, accept it. Accept it, is it? Well, how'd you like this for accepting? Jesus Christ, mate, what have you done? killed us, mate. i have killed us all. I don't know what you're going to do for the next 17 minutes, but I've got to go call my girlfriend. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. I think I'd better go call my wife. You're a son of a bitch, mate. You're an absolute son of a bitch. You drove me to it, mate. This is every bit as much your fault as mine. My fault, mate. My fault. I'm not the one who just smashed the vial on the sidewalk like some careless son of a bitch genocidal... Maniac! I finding a way to blame me for this as well. This is unbelievable. I am so tired of you and your bullshit, mate. Oh, only you, only you, could doom the entire west coast of Australia, mate, and then find a way to blame me for fuck it. Fuck you, mate. I'm just trying to enjoy my Sunday with my ice cream, and this is what happens. Go fuck yourself, mate. This is all- twitter.com, where conversation comes to die. Ahoy! Feel free to weigh anchor and disembark, as this month's voyage has come to an end. Don't forget to pick a barnacle off the hull as a memento before you leave. This is a special announcement. Tom Crowley will be performing his debut comedy hour, Tom Crowley's Maz at Vault Festival in London. On the 20th and 21st of February 2019, go to vaultfestival.com for tickets and more information. Thank you. The Mizenmast. The next episode will be released when somebody out there next thinks about you in an intimate moment. So make sure to subscribe, so you'll be alerted at the precise moment that happens. Everything you've just heard was made by me, Tom Crowley. If you've enjoyed my offerings, please give this show a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast basket of choice. Please submit all praise, questions, or complaints to at atomcrowley on Twitter. And remember, red sky at night, blood in your sight. Thanks for doing that plug for my show, PlugBot. I really appreciate it. Where's my 50 quid? Oh, uh, uh, here, here. Uh, where do I put it? Put it into my slot. I, I don't, I don't really want to. Put it into my slot. All right, fine, fine. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, harder.